0: Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside my man Steve Driver coming at you as we do every Sunday morning, 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. How are you this morning, Steve? I'm good,
1: man. A little burnt. I got toasted yesterday. Do some partying, maybe pass out in the sun? No. There was a pool involved. A kid's pool, I might add, but... Just a kid's pool? Yeah, and uh, one of those blow-up ones and some beers, but... Do you take a was, nap in it? It was for the kids, Kelly. Come on. Okay. No, but I, you- I laid out. I like to get some good sun. You and you your know? wife
0: are expecting a, a little boy soon, so I, I, you're trying to really... This do, has nothing to do with my do, boy. This yeah, is about you're me. being the family man, hanging out with your niece, your your yeah, your,
1: my niece, niece and nephew, niece yep. and nephew. So that's good. I like a nice bronze, you do, know, do you,
0: look. Do you think drinking until the point of passing out in a child's pool is a good way of
1: preparing yourself for parenthood? Uh, I I think it's better to get everything out of the way <laughs> before you have your first child. So whether that's a strip club or alcohol or you need to get it all out of the way. Get it out of the way. That
0: makes sense. Very active weekend in the world of sports. I was fortunate to be a part of the grand opening of Louisville Select Boxing. Uh, Boxing gym, Nick Barris and his brothers, Sean and Jason, you know, his dad. And um, obviously partnership with Aaron Shekels. Yeah, you had him in last week, right? Yeah, Brian Jackson, you know, great people over there at... uh, five-star boxing, and and now Louisville Select Boxing. Uh, The mayor, Greg Fisher, was there. So really, really, in hindsight, this weekend will be remembered as one in which a lot of attention, a lot of eyeballs on the sport of boxing, the sweet science in the city of Louisville. Evander Holyfield was in town. He is... For those of our listeners who don't know, actually, Steve and I have, have been friends for a long time. We're both boxing fans. We've watched ha- countless Floyd fights and different you know, uh, boxing events together over the years. and So we follow the sweet science of boxing. And uh, so anytime there's an excuse to discuss boxing on the, the weekend sports, clubs, we jump at the opportunity to at least mention it. But my description would be Evander Holyfield is trying to follow in the path of Oscar De La Hoya, um, I don't know who else, really. Oscar De La Hoya. So he's got, a promoter. He's, he's a promoter. After his Now that his, his uh, income from the sport, uh, being a fighter, is no longer there. He's trying to earn money and to, to support the boxing community through his promotional efforts. And there was an announcement made at 11 a.m. on Friday at the Ali Center that June 24th, Saturday, June 24th, there will be an 11-fight card at Freedom Hall. The first professional boxing event to be held at Freedom Hall since Mike Tyson and Danny Jacobs in 2004. So it's not going to be any necessarily household names in my opinion. I don't think so. Um, but it will be elite, you know, top-level uh, profes- Pro yeah. professional boxing Matches. There'll be some amateur fights on the card also. But, you know, I mean, a, a good card. And it, it's cool, in my opinion, to bring attention to the city of Louisville and the the sport of boxing. Mayor Greg Fisher, all credit to him. He was there cutting the ribbon last night for Louisville Select Boxing. Yeah,
1: these are two separate things. These are two yeah, these uh,
0: great, great question. They are two separate things. They're both kind of feeding off of each other though. A lot of media exposure for our man Nick Barris and his gym. Louisville Select Boxing, once again located right across the street from Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Um but all credit in the world goes out to Mayor Greg Fisher. He must be a boxing fan. We should try to get him on the show. Did you talk to him at all? I didn't at this time. No, I did
1: not. You should have approached him with a bunch of changes to the city you would like to make. <laughs> just to pull out a binder. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. Were you out of were you out of your element there? No. Did not you get, really. did you get in the boxing ring and just try to roll around? To try to do jujitsu, is yeah. that what you mean? No. No. no you knew I didn't that, didn't that was anything. coming I, though, right? I couldn't let you slide on that. <laughs> Go ahead
0: and rasp me. <laughs> um, my son John my son is, is a uh you know, an eight year old and, and he was real excited about um actually he turns eight tomorrow. So happy preview to your birthday, Johnny. Um but he was real excited he got in the in the ring and he was able to do some mm. um a little bit of just light sparring and, and kind of practice, yeah. The boxing he got a big kick out of that. All you know, credit goes to Aaron Checkles for getting in there. I mean, there's some very legitimate boxers at Louisville Select Boxing. Uh, we were watching some cool sparring there for a while, and uh, just a very neat atmosphere. But but my son got a big kick out of going in there. Two eight zero one C South Floyd Street is the address of Louisville Select Boxing. So a cool weekend. And as I said earlier, all credit goes to Greg Fisher for fully supporting both efforts. Uh, we're, we're coming up on the, the one year since Muhammad Ali passed away. You've heard of Muhammad Ali, haven't you? Yes. Uh, he he passed June third of two thousand sixteen. So they're doing a six. The city of Louisville is doing a six week six week tribute to uh, Ali. Uh, within the, the one year of his passing, the, the Ali Festival. And uh, just really cool to, to look back. I mean, this um, Louisville Select Boxing, they have an artist, a local artist, Chris Birdwell, who decorated the entire thing, a lot of Ali, stat, uh, Ali pieces of artwork, and just, just the coolest. It's almost more like a museum. You, everybody should really go check it out. Louisville Select Boxing on South Floyd Street. But just really cool artwork all across the gym in a, a very legitimate boxing training facility also. So that was pretty cool. There was a UFC card last night. I guess that's somewhat intriguing for me. Damian Maya won, the yeah. Brazilian
1: who does jiu-jitsu and did does not watch punch it? people. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you pirate? Did you pirate this No comment. Thing,
0: no, no comment. Fair enough. But I did see Damian Maya beat Jorge Masvidal, so that the Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner who embodies every jiu-jitsu fans Dream uh, of not relying on punching, but instead taking the opponent to the ground, getting their back, doing jujitsu movements to win. He won a what some will call a controversial split decision, uh, and now he has a, a he's entitled to a mandatory title shot uh, against Tyron Woodley. I believe Damian Maya has an eight fight win streak, so he he he's kind of the the casual UFC fan's worst nightmare. He's
1: not. He's not what a lot of people want to see. He's not going to yeah. knock people out. I don't know any of these guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm. That's just, okay. I like the um, the showboaters. That's okay. I like the showboaters too. Nate Diaz.
0: Yeah. Nick Diaz. They're showboaters. We got a very active show this morning. I should let our listeners know we got our man <clears throat> Gary Love will, will provide us with our local Recruiting news and everything related to the world of college football and college basketball recruiting-wise and, and anything else. You know, previewing the draft, review it, previewing the NBA draft, reviewing the NFL draft, all that fun stuff. Is also, it, Gary, you know,
1: obviously chimes in on everything else. What's that? Yeah. Is anybody pumped about college football yet? Are, well, are you started? Have you started getting excited?
0: I just have so much going on. I mean, my... You know, my Cincinnati Reds are still above 500, yeah. so I'm just so overwhelmed with emotion um, that I, I, I haven't had quite the amount of time to get too jacked up about college football quite yeah. yet.
1: How about you? You, you feeling the Buckeyes? Oh, uh, I'm always ready for football, man. Yeah. I just didn't know in the area with Louisville, Kentucky fans if it's still, you know, NBA mock draft slash basketball recruiting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's... Leading the way over yeah. college football, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I, I was there next to
0: Papa John's Cardinal Stadium last night. And, I mean, there is excitement. There's people in there talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson. i do not not sure if you're aware. He won the Heisman last year. Oh, did he? Yeah, he plays for Louisville. And I, I don't think anyone's ever won two Heismans before. <laughs> no one's ever won not two. Not in a long time. No, no one ever, ever. No one ever has won two Heismans before. So it'll probably be the first school to ever have that happen is at U of um, So that's what we have to look listeners.
1: To. Don't let him fool you. He's trying to rag on me because I'm Ohio State fan. Um, and Archie Griffin won it twice. Whatever. Who's
0: our, who's that? But ten o seven. So nine thirty to ten thirty, we'll have our man Gary Love in studio with us for all his great content he provides us with. Ten o seven a.m. We'll have our man Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 joining us. Who's, who's he? He is, in my opinion, the, the top sports radio personality in the city of Cincinnati who covers not only the, you know, Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals, but Xavier, uh, Cool. you cool. know. So you're going to be talking Reds, probably, Yeah, we'll right? be talking Reds. It won't be too long. Are you but, yeah. excited about that? I am. Yeah, we have Mo on... One of the, just a, a real easy guy to get along with, pretty funny guy. Uh, we have him on about once
1: a year. Are and you waiting for the downfall of the Reds? Or it's going to happen. Do you think this can continue? No.
0: Yeah, I'm aware. I'm I'm not a, a, a foolish Reds fan who thinks yes, World Series are bust. No. They're they they're going to they're going to uh, you know falter. They're relying on in large part a lot of innings being eaten by 40 year old Bronson Arroyo. That's not going to hold up. Yeah. No, it's going to fall apart. But this is an encouraging sign for the future. The Reds are the youngest team in baseball. First pitch of the season, opening day. The Reds had the youngest roster in baseball, and then you, you're, you're over 500 when you're. Exp- everybody had projected you to be near the very bottom of 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 the majors uh, in wins. I mean, it's it's solid reason for optimism, regardless of how it pans out. So. It falls apart, big deal. You have holes to address, you have things to work on, and, and that's okay. It's much better than the alternative. Where twenty games into the season you're like, Oh my God, I I don't even like baseball anymore. And I know that sounds like a fair weather fan, but let me remind you, that's not a fair weather fan. Fairweather fan is somebody who jumps on and picks up another squad. Yeah. Ten thirty AM, we're gonna have Danny Harris, Jessica Rose joining us. They're they're promoting a um, really cool grappling event. They have a movement that's going on right now in the the city of Louisville for female grapplers. So at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky, Saturday, June 24th, they are going to have um, Olympic bronze medalist, wrestler Randy Miller, and active UFC fighter Kat Zingano will be
1: doing a grappling so at ten thirty, I'm go- I'm going to grapple with a female. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? It t- Yes. If you would like to, and this will be recorded, we can put recorded, it on Facebook Live. We can put it on Facebook everybody Live. Everybody will just listen to it.
0: You could. Ch- you'd be- you're more than welcome to challenge either either Jessica <clears throat> or da- Danny, and I would love to watch it. I might do take both of them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to it. So we have a very active show this morning. And, I, I, you know, there's a lot to get to. We haven't even mentioned the NBA playoffs. All year, Steve, I've had to hear, look out, man. <laughs> People laugh. This is the person laughing. Is that how they laugh? This is how they laugh. <laughs> look out, man. You don't know what you're talking about. Cleveland Cavaliers are going to have trouble getting out of the East. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, hold your horses.
1: Exactly verbatim, what they've said, Steve. Same maybe with the Warriors. D- yeah, whoa, or is whoa, it a whoa, Different laugh. Different a laugh. Different laugh.
0: There's a whole different West Coast laugh.
1: Okay. How does that go? Yeah, see, I, I'm just focusing whoa, right now. Oh, the- man, the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. A real stoner laugh. Yeah, a surfer.
0: No, but in all seriousness, I've heard all year watch out for the Celtics, man. Cavs didn't get the one seed for a reason. They're falling apart. And what I've witnessed thus far is LeBron James played the best basketball of his career in route to the the Cavs not losing yet. They haven't lost the game.
1: No, well they haven't played anybody that great too. I guess maybe the I did hear during the season that the Raptors could be a threat. And for them to sweep them, that's pretty impressive. But also I don't think we've ever seen a team in NBA history really flip the switch like this too. It's like the only team I've seen be able to just Flip a switch when the playoffs start. Yeah, they did it last year. I don't remember year. any other team being able to do that. Just suck throughout the season. They did it last year, but they did it to a Not even, to this extent, though, No, right? you're exactly right. They
0: did it even more to, to a, a farther degree even this year. So,
1: I mean, this is very extreme. They were not looking so So, did the Spurs have a chance against the Warriors, or are you going Cavs-Warriors? I'm still going
0: Cavs-Warriors, but it will not be a sweep. The Warriors will lose. To the Spurs? Some games, yes.
1: Uh, two games. Okay. The, the, the I'd say the Warriors are I'm going two. one maximum.
0: You're saying it'll be 4-1? Yes. Or a sweep. So you're going one yep. maximum. All right. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm doing great,
2: gentlemen. Good show you got this morning. I agree with you 100%. Uh that boxing stuff is exciting. I mean, a couple big announcements, but no better than
0: having uh, Evander Holyfield. Wouldn't Wouldn't his nickname the truth? No, real deal. Evander, real deal. The real Holyfield, deal. and that's the name of his promotional company. Is is that's uh,
2: right? That's is, right. Uh, the truth, What's I the guess, truth. Besides your caller,
0: Paul Pierce.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's well, not not a professional boxer, but hey, that's exciting. And I tell you what. If they can bring, I know he checked out quite a few cities, and uh, I think you're right. Mayor Fisher got involved. Bevin, I think Governor Bevin got involved in that. So <clears throat> there is no better place with the list of champions that Louisville's produced. We all know about Ali, but Page. There were other ones. So I mean, Jimmy that is, Hart, that's great yes, news. Yeah, yeah. No, there were some great ones. I'm sorry, and that's, uh, Jimmy uh, Ellis,
0: oh, but but Page also Jimmy Ellis Marvin Hart. So there are multiple. I met heavy... Jimmy Ellis one time.
2: Did you? I met Jimmy Ellis. Yeah, he actually kind of looked, and I've met Ali before. He actually kind of reminded me Ali a little bit. It's, uh, but seemed like a really nice guy. When Ali, remember when Muhammad Ali used to, tr- he tried to get boxing in Louisville uh, years ago. I brought my young sons to it. Uh, it was, uh, it was a pretty good deal. It didn't catch on as much as he'd hoped. So I hope Evander Holyfield, you know, has good luck, and the community really supports it. Hey, I wanted to call in. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, we're not talking spring football or spring football attendance, uh, but uh, Carolina. Shout out to Carolina. Uh, the uh, Louisville baseball went to his beloved Clemson this weekend, and uh, uh, I hope they pack besides the the bats and the helmets and everything. I hope they pack brooms because the Cardinals have won two in a row down there at Clemson, and uh, they bring the brooms out today. Uh, but they've won, I think, fourteen. 14- they got the, one of the most unbelievable baseball seasons going uh, that I can ever remember of any team. I think they're forty-five and six, and uh, they've won. Now they've won the ACC outright again. I think it's the third straight year since they've been in the ACC that they've won the ACC outright, uh, their division. So uh, it's really remarkable. And as I said, Clemson's a very good team. I think they're ranked seventh. Cardinals have beat them two straight at their place, and then you know at the end of the month we, we got the big. Uh, ACC tournament at Slugger Field in Louisville. So uh, that's going to be a lot of excitement. So hats off to them. Uh, And I I did want to say I watched uh, Louisville City, and they should have won last night. They lost at Tampa Bay to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, Kind of a tough loss. They just couldn't get any goals to go in early. Uh, They dominated play, but uh, that's how soccer goes, I guess. But uh, Hey, I want to talk real quick, and then I'll get off the air, about uh, next week's Preakness you know, uh, all the Derby buzz. We go right now, next Saturday, we go to the Preakness, and Always Dreaming is there. He's going to face a pretty good field, and uh, my money's going to be on Always Dreaming this week. I wish it was Derby week, but um, he really looks like the real deal, and I don't think he's going to have a lot of of, uh, problem winning the second leg of the Triple Crown, but uh, it's going to be great to see. If he can win that, then all eyes will turn to Belmont and the possibility of... Uh, a a triple crown winner. So it's going to get real exciting again. And uh, um, good luck to Todd Pletcher and Always Dreaming in the Preakness.
0: Certainly. We'll we'll look forward to the results from next Saturday's Preakness and see. I know that last week, Brian, you and I discussed how a lot of times the Preakness is a relatively – keep in mind I'm using the term relatively weak field compared to the Derby, compared to the Belmont – but this year, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, it seems like they've got a nice collection of talent actually going into Preakness.
2: Yeah, you're correct, Kelly. They do. Um, it's a smaller field typically. You know, you're never going to see 20 horses in the Preakness or the Belmont. Actually, the Belmont sometimes really gets small. Um, you know, I think when Secretariat won his Triple Crown, I think he was one of five or six horses in it. So, um, you know, going a mile and a half to Belmont, a lot of trainers don't want to do that. But, yeah, this is a pretty good field. You know, Classic Empire, their connections um, really feel like uh, they had a bad trip in the Derby, and they really feel happy that they can go, uh, In and they're excited. Gunavera's is going back, my Derby pick. They're going to go back into the Preakness. Um, Royal Mo with Gary Stevens, one of the horses that didn't get in, sat number 21 on the fence trying to get into the derby was that the was that churchill trying to hope for a defection to get in he's going to go it's actually a pretty good field you're right i think 10 or 11 horses are going to go at it um i just don't think after what i've watched uh from always dreaming his last since pletcher's had him uh he's dominated and uh you know he really i was very very impressed with how he won the derby and i really think he's uh going to be awful tough you know the the derby winner has had such unbelievable success at the preakness that's why we've had so many horses go into the belmont with two wins you know and that's why and that really sets up that excitement for the belmont and then it never happens but the derby winner normally goes to baltimore and normally wins and i expect that to happen next saturday
0: okay well thank you very much for your contributions this morning brian we appreciate your insight into the world of horse racing and a potential run at another Triple Crown. Thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday, Brian. Hey, real quick before I
2: leave, uh, my condolences to Steve, Steve Driver. I know uh, you've got to be upset that the, the Buckeyes, who had a true freshman who got a lot of starting, uh, actually didn't start oh, yeah. a lot, but played seven games, Rodney Burns, coming back home to Louisville, uh, and, he, and he, I don't know, Steve, if you've heard, but he's trying to apply for a uh, a medical waiver. His father's ill, and that's why he's coming back to Louisville, and he may be eligible this year. So I'll let you go with that, guys. Have a great weekend. I really
1: enjoy the show. Thank you very much, Brian. What do you think of that, Steve? I thought he was going to say something about Jaquan loud I thought he was going to say it's Jaquan Loud too, but Louisville football did pick up a, a former Buckeye DB. Yeah, well, I'm sure Louisville football probably just crumbled since then. You know, they probably won't. You mean Ohio why, State? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The why, Buckeyes have crumbled why since Why even it? play this next season? <laughs> I'm sure their team is just devastated. No,
0: Jaquan Lyle apparently had a, a very exciting, <laughs> what, like two-day period where they're— did you, Have you read that story, Steve? I just saw— Jaquan well, Lyle quit the team on— Thursday I think Something like that And you know our man Gary Love Will have uh, was, The, the yeah, scoop on
1: it April 11th Something like that
0: Okay so hey, let's look at this Alright I'm gonna look at my phone calendar Alright April 11th was a Thursday so He I quit got, the team Yep He must have then just really went Decided it was a good time to start partying So on
1: Yeah that Saturday that, Early
0: that Saturday morning So really it was late Friday night He was Arrested in Evansville, Indiana. Just party time. Yeah, and I forget where he's from. He may originally be from Evans. I know yes, he's from he Indiana. Is. Okay. Um, so, so listen, that's too bad. At one it, time, he was a very coveted point guard prospect, yeah. and, and and actually, not that I want to talk about this today, but he's his name is is is, is has surfaced a lot around the Louisville. Um, you know, the prostitution scandal and everything related to all that stuff because he was on multiple recruiting visits to the, the University of Louisville.
1: Yeah. I always so said, this guy if apparently you're going to quit li- a team, you <laughs> might as well go out. Get arrested. Yes. So this guy likes to party.
0: We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We, once again, we are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. Coming at you as we do every Sunday, 9 to 11. We're going to have our man Gary Love in studio. Be sure to stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick. Alongside Steve Driver, we're joined in studio by our man, Gary Love. Aside from the main story of the first part of the show, which was obviously Steve drinking so much that he passed out in a kid's pool and he's now sunburned. There's plenty of sports stories. We welcome Gary. How are you this morning, Gary? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Um, I know you were probably listening to the first part of the show. Uh, a couple of the stories that we did mention, actually, that we haven't gotten to. I mean, there's so much. Doing a once-a-week sports show, Yeah. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff that a lot of times uh, it, it takes us a little bit of time to get to. But Donovan Mitchell and Diallo are a couple local guys who are going through the process, uh, preparing for the NBA draft. Gary, yeah. Um... What What are your thoughts on on the, the prospects for for specifically those two guys? And the reason I mention those two is because I, I know that they're 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 Im- impressing with their athleticism and their length at the combine. What do you think of the, those, those two guys? Where do you see them going?
3: Yeah, I mean they tested. They tested well. Diallo tested really well. He, what he, forty-four and a half inch vertical, three yeah. inches three inches higher than anybody else.
0: Just hands down the best. I think it's the second best vertical in the history of the combine. Is yeah. that right? Yes, it is. I don't even know who's number one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. It's, but but it's, still, I mean that's very impressive. Yeah. How good is he at basketball?
3: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean nobody really knows right now. He says he's he says he's been, got a lot better in the last four months, but he wasn't he wasn't in a hurry to show him.
0: What Steve Steve and Gary, I'll ask. What do you guys? How much credit do you give to these combine measurements? Um, I mean, you know, there, there's an old school approach to evaluating NFL talent by saying throw out the forty time, throw out the bench press, how many yeah. times they can bench bench press two hundred twenty five. Throw all, the, all that out and, and watch how they played when they played in college. Vontaze Perfect, for example, is an example of someone who's really good in the NFL but did horrible at the combine, had a horrible 40. And there's a lot of examples of guys like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: there's a ton of examples. Yeah,
0: so the the the, the combine numbers, do they translate more accurately for the NBA productivity?
1: I think instead of the measurables, I'd be more down with seeing them play one-on-one, two-on-two, five-on-five for the guys that are willing to play. I mean, some guys aren't willing to play. You know, you don't have to, right? No, no. Well, they
3: they send out two invites. They send out an invite to where you just had to do the measures, like the, the, the lottery pick guys. Then they send out some to guys like Isaiah Briscoe got one. But he, they, he got an invite to where you can only come if you play. Yeah. So.
0: And obviously he's going to accept.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And he could do well in that because um, Briscoe um, does does a real good job of obviously shooting's not his forte. No. Um, I'm sorry, Gary, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, shooting is not his forte, but um, you know he could go out there and put up ten rebounds, or, or you know. Six, seven assists, something like that. He he puts together really impressive stat lines outside of shooting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gary, did Briscoe get fatter? He did. did he got fatter. He, what know, happened? He,
3: he worked out a lot his freshman year, and then his sophomore year during the season. It just looks like he kept putting on weight. He had uh, he had what was it, the highest fat percentage? Yeah, in the draft combined
1: this weekend. Very odd what, numbers what, too, because I think um, what per, what percent. 11%.
0: 11%. Okay.
1: That's that's high for a guard. Yeah, it is. Like yeah. the other guys were 4 5 6%. Yeah. Nothing over that. Even Look, even some of the big guys like Bam, you know, he's around. He, yeah,
0: Gary, it, give us a quick rundown actually on the who's going to the NBA, probably going to the NBA from Kentucky.
1: Well, you have uh, Darren
3: Fox. He's a uh projected top 5 pick. Malik Bunk, t- uh top 8 pick. You have uh, Bam Adebayo, he's top 25, top 30. Depending. And Steve,
0: Steve mentioned earlier that Cal's catching some flack for saying that Bam could guard all five positions. I think he can guard
3: four positions. Not the point guard. He guy. can't guard the point guard.
0: I I, there, I remember seeing a, 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 a switch when Louisville and Kentucky played.
3: Yeah, and his ankle fell off. Yeah, that yeah. was against
0: Quentin Snyder. Yeah. And Quentin Snyder's not NBA athleticism. No. So, sorry to interrupt you there. We'll get to that later. I cut you off. Um, you, you, you stopped at Bam.
3: Yeah, Bam. Then you got – Isaiah, I don't believe he's going to get uh, drafted. Even though he hey, he had a good couple of games, he had fifteen and seven the first game they played during the week, and I I can't remember what he did yesterday. But they, uh, he, I don't think he'll get drafted. Then Diallo.
0: And do you, if you had to say right now, will Diallo be drafted? For those of our listeners who would don't he, know, will he leave? Oh yeah, because yeah, will he leave? because he, he will be drafted. Uh,
3: right now I'm I'm sixty forty. He'll be back because looking the final even after the combine of of the four draft predictions they have the average prediction is 29 so it's i mean it's late first round
1: that is i'd say if he was a little bit higher projected he yeah. should go because no one's seen him play if he comes back and he's not that great you know that could really hurt his draft stock for next year
3: yeah like nba draft.net's got him 20 mm-hmm. but the other three got him 29 31 and 35. So I mean, the combine didn't help him too much.
1: Well, he didn't do that much, did he? No,
3: all he did was the uh, vertical, the the uh,
1: shuttle run. How do you not go play for a team like a? T- can a team the teams work him out? and yeah, have to he'll, shoot the ball. Yeah, he'll uh,
3: he'll do some workouts this week, and then the following weeks when they got to decide whether they're keeping their name in the draft or not. So he'll, I think he's got two or three two or three definite set up. I think he's going to go work out for the Bulls and maybe the Nets. But like Calipari said, you know, he wasn't even playing at, these, at this Combine, and his stock kept going up, he said, and they don't even know if, if you can play. He said, don't show them. He said, if you're going to keep going up the draft boards and not even playing, then don't even play.
1: I mean, probably the smart thing to do, right, Kelly?
0: I guess so, yeah. Uh, looking at the NBA Draft Combine, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit, I mean, reviewing some stuff that we've all heard. But freakish things that have happened at the Combine are this. Rudy Go- Gobert, obviously, he has the, the combine record for wingspan, seven feet, eight and a half inches, standing reach of nine feet seven. Uh, vertical leap was a guy named DJ Stevens, set it in 2013. But my favorite is Kevin Durant was drafted <laughs> number two overall, despite not being able to do a single rep on the 185-pound bench press.
1: 185? <laughs> not- 185. <laughs> 185. Not 225. <laughs> Well, his arms are too long, right? Remember how thin he used to be, too. Yeah,
3: he probably played. He probably weighed about one sixty-five when he got out of college.
0: Durant is not alone. Jamal Crawford, Monte Ellis, T.J. Ford, and Luke Ridnour
1: all turned out to be pretty solid players. None of good? them
0: could bench one eighty-five one time.
1: That's embarrassing.
0: The record is twenty-seven reps sent by some guy named Jason Keep in two thousand three. So it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I don't even
3: think I've ever heard his name.
0: Yeah, Tyler Uless set the combine <laughs> record for, anybody know what for? The lightest player to record his weight at the event, 149 pounds. Yeah, 149.
3: Wow. Darren Fox might weighed what, 167, 168? But didn't,
1: didn't he lose weight and gain body fat percentage? I, I saw some message... Something Who? on a message board about that that De'Aaron Fox has lost weight, but his body fat went up. Steve is apparently no. convinced that
0: everybody on the Kentucky team just got <laughs> really it's fat. Well, they they said Kentucky
3: uh, they, they eat, Kentucky it, had him listed at one eighty seven. Everybody, all the NBA guys said he never weighed one eighty seven. just, I mean, he don't, he don't look like he has that body stature yet.
0: I am five foot nine and about three quarters.
1: Well, you are pushing it there, Bud. When
0: I played, I remember uh, I think it was my freshman year of high school they listed me in the program as being six foot and i was never any taller than i am now and i think i may have been shorter than i am now
1: you know what else interested me when i was looking at these numbers is they measure the guys without shoes and then with shoes on and then some of them gain yes two inches and then other guys it's just one inch what what kind of different kind of shoes are these guys wearing right dr
3: shows i guess Probably.
1: Um. (laughs) Like, Bam, with shoes on, was only an inch taller. You know, the other guys were almost two inches taller with shoes on.
3: Hey, why do they measure guys without shoes? I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you see them every once in a while I lose a shoe on the court, but they don't make them.
0: I measure myself when I just said I'm five nine three quarters. That's with no shoes on. Yeah. Or so I, maybe they should do it one way or the other, and seriously, just everybody yeah. should
1: just stick with it. Because if I'm a small guy and they're measuring me with shoes on, I'm getting some one of some of those sketchers with like the huge pads underneath. What if
0: they just insisted on wearing high heels? <laughs> um, Donovan Mitchell measured it at six one and a quarter, six one point two five is, is without shoes height you six three.
1: Goodness, he had some some good measurables though, right? He has a pretty long wingspan as well. <clears throat> yeah, six foot ten.
0: Yeah, for a guard, it's it's pretty
1: good for a guard. And you, Kelly, you were
0: telling me he's fast, right? Yeah, I saw that he he is the fastest guy at the combine for the three quarter. I forget what it is. The three quarter uh, court. Oh, shuttle run. Shuttle run. Yeah. 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 So that's impressive. I think Donovan Mitchell has the. Uh, potential to really make some noise. I think he might be a point guard in the NBA, though. He, I know that sounds wild.
3: He'd have to be a point guard. Yeah. I mean, he, you He's can't, not that big. Yeah, you can't be a 6'1", six, 6'2", six, six, shooting guard.
0: No, but, but, but keep in mind, the point guard in 2017 in the NBA is basically like what we grew up, uh, depending on how old you are, but what we grew up thinking was a shooting guard, yeah. right? What about them reports
3: come out about Donovan Mitchell to where he signed with an agent from day one
0: And he was scared to tell Patino that he signed. I've heard from some pretty good sources. i got a couple friends who are pretty close to the team. And I've heard that it was 100% from day one. Yeah. It was definite. Yeah. Which,
3: you know, you can't blame him. Right now they've got him, what, 15, 14 or 15 in draft?
0: I don't know that he was scared to tell Patino, though. That's just what I've read. Yeah, could be. But, I mean, maybe he was. We don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, Rick obviously would have preferred to have him back. What about this? Ding Adele working out for the Bulls now. Yeah. So, I mean, he. I think he did some time with the Spurs. Yeah, I don't. What if, and I don't mean to laugh. It's more a pathetic laugh. What if the Cards lose Ding Adele also?
1: Oh, uh, they'll be in trouble. Oh, uh, if they lose Adele, Mitchell, Jalen Johnson, yeah, they're going to be.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because they uh, Patino came out the other day and said, uh, "If Dinga returns, he's going to be the shooting guard." And he said he's not going to use that last scholarship, which tells me he's going to use the last scholarship because Patino always says stuff that where
0: well he'll do something like he'll have a walk on or no
3: I I I think that Mark Mark Allstock is supposed to be visiting I think the next week or so from Wright State
0: Wright State guy
3: yeah I think right now Illinois leads so. He averaged almost 19 points a game. So if Patino wants him, I think he can
1: get him. Especially if Dingadell leaves, yeah, he's definitely getting.
3: He'd him. have he'd have plenty of shots right there.
0: The more I think about it, you look at Dingadell. If he walked in here right now, he would look like, you know, NBA shooting guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's tall. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism. I forget who it was in the tournament, but just that freakish dunk that he pulled off.
3: Oh, uh, that was against uh, I think Jacksonville State. Or Sounds right.
0: Like yeah, yeah, but but just a, a fast. I mean, he he has the measurables and the ability. If 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 I'm a, an NBA, you know, scout, he at least has the potential worth worth a late, maybe a late first round. Or in my opinion, now I'm obviously I'm not privy to everything they are. He seems like somebody you would draft in the NBA. I think
3: he's really good.
0: Yeah, he I mean, seems like somebody that, that gets drafted. From his
3: freshman to sophomore year, he got a lot better.
0: Yeah. So we'll wait and see. If, if he's gone, I'm not going to say it's NIT, because Rick obviously, in my opinion, works magic. But um, the team won't be looking that great. Obviously, big expectations for VJ King next year, regardless of if Ding Adele comes back or leaves. But, I mean, what kind of a jump can you expect from someone who really didn't do much at all, didn't play much this past year?
3: Yeah, Patino said that uh, the freshman. This will be the first time in his career he's going to have to depend on his freshman more than he has.
0: So, I mean, but I hear that every year. And, and and yeah, and it's You know, it's it's just what you hear. Yeah. You can't. You got to take that with a grain of salt. That's Rick. Patino. Well, yeah, they got four
3: guys coming in.
0: Yeah, you got to have the players ready because if you if you if you say if you say before the season, I'm not my well. You know me. My freshmen aren't going to play this year. Then what do they do? They don't yeah. practice hard. I mean, you, you know, you, yeah. when they do play eight minutes in a game, you want them to come in there and play their ass off and, and, and progress. And maybe, you know, on occasion, Siva, as a freshman, really did well. I mean, sometimes on occasion, every once in a while, a freshman will actually have a big season. Yeah. It's just not very common at all. No. Samardo so Samuels played well as a freshman, for yeah. example. But um, – So back to Kentucky. The main storylines right now headed into the NBA draft. We're five weeks out. 2017 NBA draft is in Brooklyn, June 22nd. What are the main storylines right now for the the Kentucky Wildcats headed into the draft?
3: Well, uh, it came out last night that De'Aaron Fox, on some draft boards, has, has passed Lonzo Ball. Everybody was impressed with how he handled himself this weekend. Um, the interviews he did, it's just – and the way he's, I mean, head-to-head against Lonzo Ball this year, he
0: he destroyed him the second time he destroyed him. But Steve's mouth is watering now because we get to talk about Lonzo Ball and his father.
1: No, I, I, I mean, maybe he has passed him on the draft board. I don't know. I think Lonzo's game, although Fox, I'll admit, did destroy him.
0: Fox is really good.
1: Yeah, I think Lonzo's game translates very well to the NBA. Whether he's drafted ahead of Fox or not, and maybe, I mean, I probably wouldn't want to deal with Lonzo Ball just in general, you know, with all the baggage that comes with him. And you know what? And he don't
3: really deserve any of that. You
1: know his dad. I know has, it. The his kid dad has destroyed him. He seems like a decent kid. Yeah. He's just quiet. So you're saying mannered. you
0: actually think that his dad is hurting his draft stock? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Really? Maybe not how much money he's going to make from if a shoe deal. If I'm an NBA but, GM,
0: though, honestly, I do not care. I mean, it, all that matters is he goes out there and he plays. Okay. But, sure, there's added pressure now. But, but there's then there's always a lot of. But pressure. then you
1: have Lonzo's dad. What if what if the team gets off to a four and twenty start and he wants the coach's head? You know he wants to be the coach. Yeah, or he wants to be the head coach.
3: <laughs> he did well. He did get the uh, what the high school that? coach fired.
1: Yeah, he got he got his kids prep school coach fired. Yeah. So don't tell me that he's not gonna. He's just gonna sit back and be quiet. What if he comes in and they fire Luke Walton and bring in and Ball as the head coach?
0: That'd
1: be a
3: disaster.
1: Imagine if he goes to the Lakers. He'll be interviewed every single night by a reporter. You know? Well that wor- that always works out well for, for
0: rookies on the Lakers. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Right. <laughs> that was in hindsight, that was one of the greatest scandals ever. Refresh our, our listeners' memories. What happened with D'Angelo Russell?
1: Why well, don't that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. <laughs> but D'Angelo Russell just recorded Nick Young talking about cheating on his old lady. That's all that was. Yeah. But when it comes to, I think Lonzo Ball's game translates pretty well to the NBA, just yeah. With his court vision and as a point guard, but I, agree. I just don't want Lonzo Ball sitting back, pulling the strings, telling people they need to be kicked off the team, or
3: yeah, it's it's one thing you got to worry about him dogging other players.
0: Yeah, I, I would like a post-game interview with Ball's father after every game where he says stuff like this. Uh, too many white guys touching the ball tonight. They were too slow. <laughs> yeah. too sl- if you noticed, and he, has his own, he, gets, he hires his own firm to do stats. If you noticed, when they sub the white guy in here, it, <laughs> just all sorts of analysis like that. No, it'll be interesting. I personally don't think it's negatively impacting his son's draft stock. Call me naive. I don't. I, I think if he can come out and play, if he is truly that type of talent that people think he is, is he, how, ta- how talented is Alonzo Ball? From an NBA draft perspective.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's really
0: good.
1: I mean he's he's He's, he's a top five pick yeah, Is he Jason Kid
0: two 0? That's what people were saying. He probably he could be. Yeah. Who can shoot though? Out yeah. of the game. Well
1: K- kid couldn't shoot at the beginning
0: of his right? I know I'm right? saying he, no, he, was, he can yeah. shoot. Kid was terrible. A- he's
1: called ASIN Kid, Jason with no J <laughs> coming out of California. But his court vision I thought was on another level from other college Aaron players. De'Aaron Fox
0: honestly seems to also in a similar – am I wrong? Who's a yeah. good comparison for Fox? I think De'Aaron
1: Fox? Fox is more like a John Wall to where he – Or Chris Paul. Okay. Chris Paul early in his career.
0: But but Chris
3: – I think Fox Chris is Paul fast. Paul a more
0: polished shooter?
3: He wasn't that great. Okay. No, he wasn't that great. But he's – but, you know, like they say, young kids, when they go in the draft, instead of going to school, you can work on your game all day long. I mean, like Lonzo Ball has a hitch in his shot that would help him out. You got Darren Fox, which struggles
0: mightily at shooting, but beyond fifteen feet. So, you know what's funny about Jason Kidd is, um, and you say once you 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 get to work on your shot, you know all time. He's like top five three pointers all
1: time. Yeah, he's number
0: eight all time in three pointers made. Yeah, number eight.
1: Where's made? Ki- who, do you, Do you just have the top ten, or do you have like the top twenty? I've got the whole list. Where's Kyle Korver at?
0: Kyle Korver's number five.
1: Isn't that crazy? That is wild. It goes like this. Do you think he'll be in the NBA Hall of Fame? No. No. What? No. He's led the league in uh, three-point field goal percentage, like four out of four years. Well, Jason Terry? Is Craig
0: Hodges in there,
1: and he led, the, he led the NBA for years. Top five and threes, Gary.
0: No. I don't see Craig Hodges. I'm looking down here. Let's see. No, I don't see Craig that, Hodges anywhere. That's all he
3: did was had him shoot threes with the Bulls.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah?
1: All right, who is one through four
0: Of Jake and, one and right. six? They're probably
1: all in the NBA Hall of Fame. That's Ray all I'm saying. I, no, no, no. That's a good point okay, because it goes like this. Ray Hall Allen's
0: Fame. number one. Reggie Miller's number two. Jason Terry's number three, still active.
1: Yeah. Um, so maybe Jason Terry. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Maybe not. Uh, maybe. I number don't know.
0: four is Paul Pierce. He's, okay. Second he's Paul in. Pierce mention of the show, for the record. Five, For, those, for those keeping track.
3: Yeah, but Kyle Corver's nowhere near them type them level Players.
0: He, he's close well,
3: to the Jason Terry. Oh, he's top Terry five. Line. Yeah, Jason Terry, yeah.
1: He's top five and is Gary. Yeah. And he's still going. How Who's many number six? Have Who's left? number six? Vince Carter. Okay. Hall of Famer. Number,
0: number seven? Um, actually, there's a three way tie for number five with 2049. Kyle Corver, Vince Carter, and Jamal Crawford. He's not a Hall of Famer. Maybe. Six man on the. Six man. Um, and then you got number eight, Jason Kidd, Joe Johnson, Steph Curry is already at number 10.
1: Is Joe Johnson a Hall of Famer? Some people say that he is. I Is Joe I disagree Johnson a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't think so, but I, I've heard that argument over the he... past couple of weeks that he could be. Yeah, I don't know. He, he's
0: put together a really nice career. If you sit down and look at his numbers, yeah. I think
1: he's played for about every team in the league, though, hasn't if he? If Joe Johnson makes it to the Hall of Fame – the what, NBA Hall of Fame's a joke, which well, it already is. But just because he didn't have a
0: bunch of success, that's yeah. all. You, that's the only reason you're saying that. Yeah,
1: he, 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 he didn't live big, up to any of his
0: contracts or Personally, hype. person.
3: I mean, he was big. I mean, he was big time coming out of high school.
1: Yeah, one he got middle. some of the biggest contracts ever from from the. Well, based on his personal
0: production, he deserved them.
4: Look,
1: but he no, averaged twenty five points no. a
0: game in oh six oh seven.
1: Who did you play for at Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. And then he got a huge contract, and then yep. he sucked. Joe Johnson,
3: the thing, the thing about him, you know, you asked if he's a Hall of Fame. Could you name me which team he's on right
1: now?
0: Joe Johnson? Yeah, yeah because we just saw him Puts hit a bunch playoffs, of game winners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, but before that, he was a joke with yeah, the Nets. Yeah.
0: He got that huge contract with the Nets. That team was set up destined for failure. Yep. Right? Didn't they hire Doc Doc Rivers? No. No, but they basically tried to re remake the the the, the Celtics, Celtics yeah. right? They they got yeah Garnett and Ray Allen,
1: and then um, no, they got Garnett and Pierce, Garnett and Pierce, yes, and and the Celtics just got a ton of first round picks, yeah, that they're still using. And That's why they're <laughs> yeah. good now. Yes, yeah. the yeah. Celtics could get Fox or Monk.
3: Yeah, they got Monk right now. They got him num- going number seven to the Knicks.
0: Number ten is Steph Curry. Eleven is Chauncey Billups. Twelve, Kobe Bryant, Rashard Lewis, Dirk Nowitzki, J.R. Smith, Pages Stojakovic, Dale Ellis, Steve Nash, Jason Richardson. Number twenty is
1: Mike Miller. All Hall of Famers.
0: No, they're not. <laughs> not even close. Some of them is, are. Some Steve of them. Nash, yeah. obviously. Um, Mike Miller. Dirk.
1: No. We don't have to go through these. We can get back to some.
0: So the the, the main storylines right now. Tell us what do we expect for. We've got a couple minutes left in the uh, first hour, Gary. Mm-hmm. What are the main storylines surrounding Kentucky football right now?
3: Well, you've got uh, – they're waiting for this 2017 class to get here in June. Uh, they've got some athletes on this team. I don't know how many freshmen are going to play, but I know one, probably two that's going to play right away. And that's Joshua Pascal, which is a uh, – he's a six – 6'3", defensive back, and he's, like, really good. And then uh, you've got uh, Lynn Bowden, which broke every record, every uh, Maurice Claret's records in high school in Ohio. And he's an athlete, which he was a quarterback in high school.
0: So he's going to be better than Maurice Claret. No, I wouldn't say that. How great was Maurice Corradi at such a young age? He was good. How great am I and at then getting he just com- blew it all. completely yeah. sidetracked? You are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he
3: had too many people in his ear. That's what happened to him.
0: And so he got involved You have a lot of people in your ear and you get involved in organized crime and you drive Is that how <laughs> depends, depends on what kind of people are in your ear. Yeah. Yeah. That well, was he, amazing.
1: He kind of got suspended Is from it, Ohio State and then tried the, drinking in the locker room. No, and then he tried to make it to the NFL, get drafted. Yeah. After his freshman year, and then he had to sit out a year. So he had a whole year away from the program.
0: Then yeah. he was caught driving through Columbus with, like, 15 loaded rifles or automatic weapons yeah. and a bunch of alcohol. Yeah, it happens, man. <laughs> it happens. No, you know, a lot of these kids. <laughs> it, it gets the best of all. We all go through rough patches. Yeah, you, you got a lot of
3: these kids. Say, the, like, Jake, uh, Jaquan uh, Lyles. These guys don't – a lot of these guys don't come from – Great situations. Yeah. So, like, he was already having issues with Ohio State, and he went back home, and he probably just got mixed up with guys he used to hang out with and, and just put himself in the wrong situation, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, look at uh, Hernandez.
0: Yeah. They said they had a higher security to be with him when he went home. He was actually, I, I've read a lot about him
1: recently, and he yeah, was actually
0: raised in a nice
1: yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy. He, was he brought just up, always fancied the idea of being yep, a gangster. Yeah, he befriended a guy that was kind of a gangster, and he grew up in a rich, suburban area, but he wanted to be like the other guy.
0: Or like middle class, maybe not rich, but not a bad neighborhood. Yeah. He or, knew, you know, his dad and mom were around.
1: Rest in peace,
0: Aaron. Supposedly, he did it the way that his fiance is going to get a bunch of money yeah. his daughter yeah so I guess he goes out with a little bit of dignity <laughs> <laughs> if you could say that be sure to stay tuned we'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz what you mean to me
5: let me tell you baby what you mean to me
0: <laughs> his they said his daughter probably get most of his contract. I accidentally just a caller called in and I accidentally answered and then hung up. Who was it? I have no idea. Oh. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick coming at you as we do every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline, which is 502-384-1450. Get in on the action. We're talking all things this morning, whether it be... Preparation for the NBA draft coming up in about five weeks or reviewing the NBA playoffs. We have an NBA playoff game this afternoon as the start to the Western Conference Finals. But also give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line at 502-384-1450 and get in on the action. We want to hear what you your feedback on the show. We're going to go to the buzz line now. We have our man Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati is joining us. How are you this morning, Mo?
6: I am great, Kelly. What's going
0: on? Not a lot. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Being a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, I couldn't be happier uh, right now. The Reds are 19-17. and 17. They are, They've fallen to third place in the National League Central but I'm still happy with it. If they're flirting with 500, even if it's near the bottom of the division, Mo, I'll be happy as hell this season. What is the reason for the Reds flirting with 500 and hanging around and having what I'm going to call a successful season thus far? What's the reason for it?
6: I think the biggest reason is that they've overcome uh, having shaky starting pitching. And they've done that with a couple of different things. They've, they've done it with very good relief pitching. Um, you know, the caliber of pitchers they have coming out of the bullpen now as opposed to a year ago, it's it's striking how many more options Brian Price has. I also think it's the way that Brian Price has used his bullpen. He's, um, he's, he's, he's managing with urgency. He's not afraid to pull starters early. Um, he's not afraid to allow relievers to go multiple innings. And he doesn't have a set, you know, guy in the ninth inning. He doesn't have a set guy in the seventh or eighth inning. He's kind of allowing the circumstances to dictate who pitches when. And so you know that to me has been maybe the 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 thing that has stood out the most here in the first uh, quarter or so of the season, uh, and then they've had a number of guys who at different points have have really hit. Uh, Eugenio Suarez has has really hit well this year. Zach Cozart has been a guy that we keep expecting him to cool off, and he doesn't. Obviously, Joey Votto's you know power numbers this year are are even beyond what you would typically expect. Um, you know, Billy Hamilton up until, uh, Friday night was, was really, really hitting well at the top of the order over this last week or so and, and setting the table, you know, they've kind of gotten contributions from, from everybody. But I think the thing that's been most impressive is, you know, we, we tend to, when we assess teams, we, we start with their starting pitching. Uh, this team has had to adjust on the fly often this year. They've had to give, uh, four guys, or I'm sorry, three guys, uh, rookies, uh, their big league, uh, debuts. They have three starters on the disabled list, uh, and yet they, uh, and they're not getting much length consistently from their starters, and, and yet they're, they're figuring out ways to win, and uh, it's, been, it's been a very, very pleasant surprise.
0: In 2016, the Reds' opening day starting pitcher was Racial Iglesias, Cuban uh, flamethrower, and Brian Price made the decision in the offseason to switch him not only to being a reliever, but also handing him the keys to the, the closing position. How has that project or, or, or um, decision worked out for the Reds thus far?
6: It's worked out really well. I, I would imagine that if you if you, you, know, you talk to uh, everybody in the organization, you're going to find people who still wish that he was starting because they remember the, the role with Chapman thing where Chapman was signed by the Reds originally to be a starter, and that was the plan. And then <clears throat> when they contended in 2010, uh, they decided to move him into the bullpen, and and he never left. Um, I I think you'd you'd run into people who prefer the Reds move Rysell back to being a starter, but he's been really effective as a reliever, and 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 he's not only been effective as a reliever, but he's been effective as a guy that that again can can come in and pitch in the eighth inning, and then come back and pitch in the ninth. He has shown some durability. And this is something they started in the second half of the year last year, almost out of necessity because the bullpen was, was so bad last year. And I think they, they, they hit on something with both him and Michael Lorenzen, who was another former starter. They, they found something with those two guys coming out of the bullpen late um, that I don't think they really want to disrupt. Uh, and, and I also think they, long-term, they like their group of, of long-term starters. Now, we're not seeing much in the short-term from them, aside from Amir Garrett. But, you know, still there's Cody Reid and there's Robert Stevenson and there's Brandon Finnegan and there's, you know, obviously Amir Garrett's going to be a, b- a big part of this team moving forward. Uh, Anthony D. i I think they they moved iglesias to the bullpen not only because that's where he was effective but also because they feel like they can fill in all the other long-term starting rotation roles with with other guys and i think between now and the end of the season you're going to see more and more of those guys not only get an opportunity but but get an opportunity to to stick in the rotation and pitch no matter how good or bad they're doing
0: now amir garrett i won't say it's a controversial decision by brian price and the organization to send amir garrett who up until that point, was probably the Reds' best starter this season. But they chose to send him down for, I think it was 10 days down here to Louisville, and uh, there were some contractual um, issues that, that made it easier for the Reds to keep Amir Garrett for an extra year. I think for instead of 2019, they can now keep him through 2020, something like that. What are your thoughts on the decision to send the Reds' best starter, Amir Garrett, down to AAA?
6: Well, it was understandable. Um it was, you know, are they trying to limit his innings? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But they're also trying to control his service time. And, you know, the way arbitration works, uh, you're arbitration eligible after your first three years of service time, um, and you're under team control for your first six big league years of service time. And so at the expense of a couple of weeks in 2017, they're going to try to get an extra year out of Amir Garrett. They're going to try to extend the amount of time in which they can control the cost. And to me, it sent the message that they're not caught up in the moment. They're not so, you know, caught up in the way he's pitching now or the way the team is playing now that they're going to deviate from from their long-term plan. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a, that's a good thing for a team that, for as good as they've been this year, for as as fun as they've been to watch, I don't think they envision themselves as a serious contender. Uh, what they're doing this year is really all about, you know, setting the stage for something down the road. and i i had no problem with it and i would be willing to bet and i talked with dick williams a little bit about this on on friday i i would be would be willing to bet that uh they were very transparent not only with amir garrett but a lot of these younger pitchers and that you know hey uh we want to keep you as long as possible we have uh the interests of the reds that we have to put ahead of the interest of any one individual player and that's what they did here and I kind of think that they were transparent enough with Amir that you really, well, I'm sure it you know, was jarring for him to have to go to Louisville. I would be willing to bet that it wasn't really a huge surprise.
0: Obviously, we are here in Louisville, the home of the AAA affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, the Louisville Bats. Mo, I'm sure you follow the Louisville Bats to a degree closer than many of our listeners. If anyone wants to go out to Louisville Slugger Field and watch the Bats, what are some players they should keep their eyes on? Well,
6: you know, the, the first guy is, is Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker um, was here for two days uh, when they, they had a, a spot open and he got a game-winning hit. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see long-term what they do with him because obviously Adam Duvall is still a big part of this team, and Scott Shebler has, has you know proven to be capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark and he can play defense, and so... They've got to find a place for, for him first and foremost. And, and so you wonder, you know, how, how much longer is he going to be at Louisville? Is he going to be in Louisville longer than expected because they don't want him to come up and, and sit on the bench? You know, he's, he's the guy as, as far as I'm concerned. The other would be Dilson Herrera, um, who right now they don't have room for. Dilson Herrera is the, the infielder they got for Jay Bruce from the Mets. Um, you know, that's he's somebody that you could see playing shortstop in Cincinnati by the end of the year, or maybe playing second base by the end of the year, depending on what they do with uh, with Zach Cozart. You know, obviously he stands out, Um it, and and then you know, it's 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 the pitchers. It's Cody Reed who's there for now. It's uh, Sal Romano who's on the seven day disabled list uh, right now um it's it's rookie davis who obviously had a chance to to pitch here for for uh, about a month and a half and is, is now at louisville but i think the big ones that were really worth paying attention to are uh dilson and and jesse winker because i think you're going to see those guys and, and maybe philip Irvin to an extent as well because philip urban's a guy that they drafted a number in, in the first round a couple of years ago and it kind of felt like he got lost in the shuffle with all these other guys that they brought into the system but uh, the big ones for me are Jesse Winker and Wilson and Herrera.
0: Great stuff, Mo. Thank you very much. We certainly appreciate your update on not only the Cincinnati Reds, but also the Louisville Bats. Always a pleasure to have you on the air here. Have a great rest of your weekend, Mo. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks. Good stuff there from our man Mo Edgar, man. He, he's, you know, I've interviewed a lot of different – Sports radio personalities yeah. over the five years I've been on the air here. And he's the easiest guy just to, I mean, shoot him a quick text. Yeah, I'll be on. Yeah. I mean, it, he's the easiest guy to get a hold of and just, I mean, always happy to come on.
1: I love it. Are you fulfilled? Like your Reds? Yeah, I got my Reds fix in.
0: <laughs> and I love his, his, inc- it was cool to hear his analysis of the Louisville Bats too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Jesse I'm, Winker and Herrera.
3: I've grew up a lifelong Reds fan too, so. I've suffered through the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and admittedly, they did win the World Series in 1990. Nineteen ninety. Um, so it could be worse. You know, the Cubs, what did they have to put up with, 100 years? Yeah. Uh,
1: so, I mean, it. it I, I noticed you kind of looked at me when you said that.
0: Well, the, yeah, it could be worse. I mean, the, the Cleveland Indians, they've won a bunch of World Series. When was it? They've lost two, you know, pretty recent. What was it? 96 and 2016? 97 seven. Ninety seven in 2016. Yep. I was cheering. I was certainly cheering for the, the Indians. You know, I was here on the air cheering for the Indians last year. I, I think the World Series last year got a lot of attention for the sport of baseball. And, and I'm not going to say that it was really struggling. Although many here locally would argue that baseball is struggling. I completely disagree. If you're in a market like St. Louis or even Cincinnati or Chicago... Baseball's not struggling. You look Uh, at, on a Wednesday, uh, Chicago Cubs game, you know, at noon, they've got a packed house with fans out there. So, I mean, it depends on the market you're in. It's a very uh, regional sport as far as fan interest. Do you think the season's too long? Nah, I don't. See, that's the thing about baseball. That's the thing about baseball. And I follow Mo very closely on Twitter. He's... Uh, they're always talking about trying to switch switch the sport up. Yeah. Because Mo stayed up and watched, because that's his job. Yeah. He stayed up and watched Friday night the Reds played against, you know, the, the Giants. And the game went till 345 in the morning. Wow. 345 is when the game ended. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, it was out in San Francisco. The game started at 10.05 here. Yeah. You know. It
3: was 7.05. 7.05. Yeah.
0: So, all that. But still, he's... he's you stayed up till 3.45 in the morning, yeah. Eastern time, to watch the game. And, of course, I saw a lot of people tweeting at him that they should, you know, maybe adjust the rules and change this. Change... No, I, I, no. I, I'm a purist when it comes to baseball. A... Baseball is the one thing. You can do whatever. No, I don't need people messing with my baseball.
3: I think they're trying to shorten the amount of time that a pitcher takes before delivering to the mound.
1: Yeah, it's understandable. But speaking of rule changes, did you see that the – some of the college basketball yes, committee met. I meant. did see. They're that. They're talking about moving the three-point line back, and they should widening the um the lane down low. Yeah. And,
0: and I don't have a problem with with to certain make some NBA things. rules. Yeah. yeah, Gary, you mentioned the the speeding up the pitch count. I don't have a problem with yeah. stuff like that. That doesn't yeah. impact baseball. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. That's not. People are saying stuff like, "Well, you go into
1: extra innings, you it's should." End and tie.
0: Or, no, no, no. 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 Uh,
1: Greeny from Mike and Mike is adamant about that. That is really offensive. Do yeah. you think, think that baseball should end in a tie?
3: No. Yeah. I, just, I just don't think they need to be 162 games. I think, I think you got 40, 40 games in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I think
0: take it down to about 100 games or something.
1: I don't know, Gary. You're messing with people's passion here. Yeah. no. People
0: Purists get really pissed off because the baseball is the one pure thing you can pay – you can compare games today to 100 years ago and say. Easy.
1: Kelly, settle down. I can what? tell you're getting pretty fired up about this.
0: <laughs> you, you can compare baseball today to 100 years ago. You can. But if you start screwing with the rules and saying, well, we're going to have a sudden death extra innings and we're going to have one player who has to have two bats in his hand or something weird. I don't know what. I mean, Steve, two bats has, going. Steve has some weird ideas. Don't listen to Steve. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Deep and Ram Buzzline Line is 502 384. 1450 We're going to head to the buzz line now. we got our man Blue is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Blue? What do you have for us?
7: I'm doing real good, Kelly. Uh, you know how I like to kind of like bounce around, Kelly, on different topics. I want to start off with your guest, uh, Gary Love, is that his name?
0: Yeah, yeah, Gary Love. Yep. Uh,
7: the recruiting guru. Hey, any updates on um, Bamba or Cam Johnson?
0: Cam
3: Johnson just took his last official visit, I believe, to Oregon on Thursday. So, in my opinion, I think he's waiting to see what – is trying to hold him off as long as he can to see what Diallo does.
7: Yeah, what's he holding him off for, man? What, God, I don't understand it. If, if I'm Diallo, I'm, I'm gone, which is no breaking news. But I, I, I think I'll be gone. Um, what, what about Bomba? you
3: see him coming? Uh, what, yeah, what yeah I, th- I mean, I'm 70-30, I'm him coming to Kentucky. He's just got too many ties to the players that are on the team now that are coming in. Right. Um, I would say you'll probably hear something probably within the next two weeks.
7: Oh, good, good. Come on, Bomba. Hey, let me switch over to uh, V.J. King, the, the freshman. Hey, am, am I right? Uh, was V.J. King in the same class as uh, Josh Jackson, uh, Malik Monk, and the other five stars that, that were, are now in the NBA draft? Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't he a five-star All-American?
3: Yeah, I believe he was uh, number 19 player in the country coming out of high school.
7: Right, right. Oh, okay, my question is, if they're all uh, in the draft, well, it's not really a question. I say it all the time. If you're a five star, why would you go to Patino and Louisville? I mean, yeah. come on, the guy, who probably got in the games when he did get in. He played like he was really a five star. What is the problem? With, but not, I know what it is. Patino's a control freak. He's making millions. Let the boys get paid. And, and uh, about uh, what's his name? Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. If that's my son. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> He's making millions off you. You go get your money, man. Come on. Bruno. Yeah,
3: I, I would never. I like
7: that, man. I enjoy your show, fellas. Thank
3: you. Appreciate Great it. Great
0: call, Blue. Thank you very much.
3: I would, I would never I, passion. I would never begrudge a kid for going and getting paid. Like, some U.K. fans are, are absolutely abusing Diallo for leaving, saying that he used a program for four years, said he owes us a year. He don't owe are us they anything. Really,
0: are they really, though? Yes, they are. Kentucky fans are ripping Diallo? Yes,
3: they are. Did they, they rip cancer? No. Why not? Because that was out of his control, as far as like
0: because he wasn't able to come. No, he he lost his eligibility. Yeah,
3: I mean, they deemed him a professional, so he couldn't play. Okay,
0: but but that is because he had been paid previously to play in Turkey.
3: He yeah, they gave him school money. They gave him money to go to school, and his parents put it in a trust fund. They never spent a penny, and tried to give it back. And the the team he played for in Turkey was upset. And refuse to take the money back. Okay.
1: But what about that argument, V.J. King, watching all the people that he came in in the same recruiting class with head off to the NBA, and he's didn't no, that, play much last that, year. That's fair.
0: That, that's fair. If that, you, that, that's what, when you commit to play basketball at the University of Louisville, yeah. it's a different commitment than it is to the University of Kentucky. And I'm not saying that um, – Lightly. I don't take that lightly. That's a big difference.
3: Just don't expect to be a one-and-done at Lowell because you know it's the history happened. of Rick Pitino of not
1: playing fresh. And I'm sure VJ knew that, too. Right? Yes. He should
0: have. Yeah. If he didn't, that's on him, right? Yeah. You would think he did a little bit of research before he decided which school to commit to, right? Yes. Or
1: did he just randomly draw it out of a hat? No. no. He knew, right? But yeah. it's not like his chances are over. I mean Louisville has had you know Oh no, they have Mitchell, success. Rozier, Look at Rozier. They're, they're all gonna head do well. to the NBA in the first round.
0: If yeah. you're looking to be a one and done player, Louisville's not the place to go. Right. And it won't be in the future. And each and every year in the off season we do. We hear, well, they're gonna rely on the freshmen this year and this and that. It's not. It I isn't. think sometimes I mean Francisco Garcia and, and, and um, Edgar Sosa came in as freshmen. How long ago was that? been a while. I think they started out of the gate, didn't they?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I believe so.
0: But obviously they weren't one and done type guys, right? No.
3: No. Which I th- I think I think that'll change cuz they got Kenny Johnson in there now and they're on a lot of top 10 15 guys the next in 2018
0: 2019. But, 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 but before Kenny Johnson, we had Kevin Keats. Before him, we had yeah. the guy who went to Missouri. What was his name? Uh, Wyking Jones, I think, is what it was. No, Viking Jones is one of them, too. Yeah. There's always I mean, been Cal. recruiting guys that yeah. Rick has next to him, yeah. right? Yeah, so I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody, I'm not saying it's a problem, though. No, I mean, it's a lot not. of schools operate more closely to what Rick does, just different systems. The fact systems. that Louisville is constantly compared to to Kentucky, yeah, it's unfair. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and maybe it, it's fair because they're playing by the same rules. Rick could do what Cal does if he was able or wanted or whatever it is. I mean, so they just it, could it, different. It maybe it's not fair the microscope here locally is is yeah. not necessarily an uh, a accurate representation of the this state of college basketball right right if it was duke or you know duke and kansas are also like that so i mean there's there's other schools like that yeah. it's not just kentucky Oxmoor chrysler dodge Jeep and ram buzzline is 502-384-1450 give us a call get in on the action we're going to head back to the buzzline well, we have our man, The Truth, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Truth? Oh, well,
8: I want to wish all the mothers happy Mother's Day. I was listening to the conversation y'all was having, but I'm, let's give it up. The sleeper coming out of college, high school two years ago, the boy from Missouri, who all thought OG oh, would be a first-round pick? I, I didn't think so, did you? No, I mean his athleticism's off the
3: charts. Yeah, he's always had yeah.
0: athleticism and that's what NBA Scouts like.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, he's 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 a good player. I mean I've I've always liked him. Yeah.
1: Truth? Do we lose the truth there? I think he's still there. Who's he, he talking to? Truth, what am. are you
0: what are you talking what's going on there, Truth? Say what? Okay, you there? No, OG yeah. has always had athleticism. But hats off to him for turning that into a somewhat polished NBA-ready product. Yeah. Who gets credit for that? Is it Crean? Are we thanking Crean for that? Well,
8: let's uh, let's give it even a, a Tom Crean has not been a good coach. He get players to the NBA.
0: You're right, actually. Yeah. How's yeah. Victor Oladipo done for the, the the I mean, he's a solid NBA player, right? Yeah. Zeller. He get. It. Uh, he's getting paid. He's uh, getting paid. And that's, yeah. <laughs> you're right. That, that's how it works. Uh-huh. Is are you getting paid?
8: Uh, even how bad Tom Creed being as a crap coach, he gets people to the league better than to Patino. And you can't even argue about that.
0: Oh, no, you're you're right. And, and recruiting-wise, one of the things people thought a couple years ago was Louisville fans were, and they, were continually harping on Kenny Johnson's name. But Louisville fans were really excited because Kenny Johnson is arguably the guy who recruited, I think, Zeller and Ola Depot. And look who's got him now. Yeah. But Crean still had uh, probably better recruiting momentum, regardless, for whatever reason, uh, than Louisville. I guess Louisville has taken a big step up, and Indiana's recruiting did drop off at, at Absolutely, the very end of it did. the Okay, so after Kenny Johnson, you're right, yeah. it dropped off. So, uh, truth, well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, what what Miller does, what Archie Miller does with your Hoosiers. I think
8: Archie Miller's gonna do better but Tino. Okay. I think he is. Uh because let's let's look let's be honest with it. Uh if you look at uh, since he has been there, look who all the people who've been on campus, four star, five star, uh guys who would not even look at Indiana now looking at Indiana. And I think Archie Miller brings that old-time uh, Bob Knight, how to talk to people and know how to sell the program. And I think that it's going to pay off in the long run, but he ain't paid off run yeah. because I'm looking for can we bring in another player. I think we can bring a three-star in. I think the guy from Minnesota, he was uh, Mr. That's small, Minnesota. He committed to Dayton, but we gotta uh, get another scholarship if Robert Johnson don't come back. I think that'd be the next guy, Indiana sign.
0: One thing yeah. stood out to me there. Do you think one of Bobby Knight's strengths was how he talked to people? Bob Bob Knight's strength was
8: two things, uh, three things. He knew how to talk to the mother. And he know how to sell education. And he was a man about rules. The uh, uh, reason why I know that, because, you know, my wife is first uh, cousin with Calvin Chaney. And so uh, I have sat down to talk to Calvin Chaney's mother. And that's one reason. And then if you sit down and talk to Isaiah Tom, that's what his mom never liked about Bob Knight. Because when they knew that if their son, coming from the inner city, uh. Was going to get an education, and he was going to be grow up when he come a man, and that's what made Bob Knight. Uh, even all the crazy stuff he going he knew how to sell himself to the people, mothers, and all that. And that, and you, can, if you can win the mother, you got, the, you got the the player.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, yeah. And and there's really no arguing with what you just said, there, Truth. Yeah. Thank you very much, Truth. We'll have to wait and see if Archie Miller. Does, in fact, live up to these lofty expectations. Have a great rest of your weekend, Truth.
3: Good I, stuff there. I heard a story about how Bob Knight, Glenn Robinson, big dog, was okay. going to commit to Indiana on an in-home visit.
0: I forget. Was Glenn Robinson from the state of Indiana?
3: I believe so. He went to Purdue. Uh,
0: yeah, went to Purdue. I think I just saw, was his. his I think his son's doing pretty well. Yeah, his so- son's pretty good. Yeah, sorry yeah. to interrupt you.
3: But uh, he was on an in-home visit with uh, Glenn Robinson, Bob Knight was. And Glenn Robinson was looking at the TV. There was something on TV that caught his eye. Bob Knight thought he was looking at the clock, thinking he was taking too long. He got up in the middle of his, of his in-home visit and left. Wow. And, and pulled a scholarship offer.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> pulled a scholarship offer? Yes. Of? That was the future number one overall yeah. pick in
1: the NBA draft. Kelly, a lot of people bashing and- patino it seems like well about, i mean that's not listen, new. about vj king about kreen putting I know, in more it's, pros. i'm just saying it happens every what? year yeah. this isn't the first he still route. wins though this doesn't is, he
0: yeah he still produces he wins uh, his way yeah he wins his way exactly and, and each and every year we hear with the freshman will be it's the same routine each and every year um we just hope there's no more sanctions we're gonna head to a break we appreciate everybody tuning in we are the weekend sports buzz be sure to stay tuned we have Danny Harris and Jessica Rose will be in studio with us next. Preview an upcoming female grappling card at Gracie Jiu Jitsu of Kentucky. Female grappling event at Gracie Jiu Jitsu of Kentucky. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. We're joined in studio this morning by a couple guests, Jessica Rose, Danny Harris, also myself, Kelly Patrick, obviously Steve Driver. Before we get to our guests in studio, we're going to head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline. Got to give our man Marcus an opportunity to chime in. I know he's he's very excited um, about our... uh, our guests, for an all-female grappling card. Marcus, how are you this morning? I'm confused. <laughs> what are you confused about? What, what month is it? It's Mother's Day. It's May, right? It is May.
9: Uh, but you, you asked a question in the last hour that nobody ever answered, so I called in to answer it for you.
0: Okay, what, what was the question? I forget. The, the question you asked was,
9: what's the news on U.K. football recruiting? And the answer is, nobody cares. It's made.
0: Okay.
9: All right, I mean, God have mercy. I can't believe you, with all this yakking about basketball recruiting. I mean, get, I was raised a U.K. fan from birth. No matter where we lived on the face of the globe, my dad had the Lexington Herald-Leader mailed to us every day, right? So we're reading about U.K. basketball games 10 days after they happened, like it's the end of the world, but I gotta tell you, this endless parade of selfish punk eighteen-year-old kids. One year at UK, I got. T- I've gotten to the point where I probably wouldn't watch UK basketball outside of the tournament unless somebody paid me to do it. I have no connection to the program. I just don't care anymore.
0: You know what you and, should and do. You know what you should do, Marcus. You should start cheering for the Louisville Cardinals.
9: Well, I gotta tell you, I'm thinking about it, and I'll tell you why. I can't believe we're talking about basketball, but I I guess that's what we're going to do, and I'll make this quick. I think that in sports, period, there are two ways to look at sports, and it's two triangles, right? One triangle points up, and at the top of the triangle is me, the player, right? Okay. And down below that are my teammates, the coaches, the team, the program. That's how... John Calipari coaches, right? That's his business. But one of the reasons, and, and I know you guys are talking about Rick, and, you know, he, he doesn't put as many team kids into the pros. The kids that go to Rick aren't getting lied to, I don't think. I don't think they're getting fooled about what they're getting into. Rick Pitino flips that triangle, pyramid, whatever you want to call it, upside down, and puts the team at the top and the me the player at the bottom and if you want to be long-term successful in sports that's the way that it has to go can you have nice runs and this that and the other yes you can't calipari is doing something unprecedented but we'll see what he does again this year with a bunch of little kids running around playing basketball that nobody knows today and nobody will remember two years from now Because the only, and you know, so everybody wants to judge things on titles. Calipari won a title with upperclassmen and senior leadership. And until he has that, I don't see it happening again. Okay. Duke, Duke, who you referenced at the end of the last segment about, you know, being one of the teams that does things Patino's way, Duke's going away from that a little bit. I read a thing on Krasinski a couple of years ago where he said, why can't we recruit these top freshmen? But what they do, and North Carolina's the same way, they insert highly heralded freshmen into a team that already has seniors, juniors, sophomores, upperclassmen, leadership skills, other abilities, right? And, you know, I, I don't see it. I've just lost my interest. I mean, you know, maybe I will start rooting for Louisville.
0: Okay. Wow. One, one fan at a time, I am converting – Converting Kentucky fans over to Louisville fans. Marcus, thank you very much for the call. As always, we appreciate your input. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend, Marcus. Thank you. Same to you, Kelly. Bye-bye.
1: Great stuff there from our our man, Marcus. That was a passionate phone call. I like that.
0: As always, he brings the heat. Did
1: did he say Kraszewski? He did. He said (laughs) Kraszewski.
0: That's okay though. It's Coach K. I mean, it's a tough Polish name.
1: We should have asked him about the WNBA season starting. Marcus
0: is um, notorious for making some, I guess you would say, almost controversial anti-feminist statements on the air. So, we'll. I kind of on Mother's Day he yeah. didn't take the debate there. I kind of I feel like
1: Kelly, him. you set that phone call up. Why? Just right before you had the women in the studio. Well, he didn't. You had him calling. Had I set it up, he would have said something. Hoping to say something negative towards women on Mother's Day. No.
0: Once again, I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. We're joined in studio by two guests. We have Jessica Rose, Danny Harris. Um, I actually train with both Jessica and Danny over at Gracie Jiu Jitsu of Kentucky under Professor Scott Smith. How are you guys doing this morning?
4: Doing well. I'm doing good.
0: Appreciate you coming in. Um, we have a, a few things that we look forward to talking to you about. There was a UFC card that I know we all watched last night. Um, I was very intrigued. There was a great display of Damian Maya Once again, great jujitsu. I know we all three train jujitsu, um, and that's always cool to see. But also, we are looking forward to Saturday, June 24th, at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky. A all-female grappling seminar. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the seminar?
4: Um, the seminar is going to be with Kat Zingano and a bronze medalist wrestler, Randy Miller. Both of them um, have a whole lot of experience with wrestling and grappling, and have a lot of a lot of stuff that they can uh, share with us, and a lot of things that I don't think girls around here have been introduced to before, because women's wrestling is not a big thing in Kentucky. Um, you kind of have to join the boys if you're going to do it. So I think it's going to be something that um, everyone will learn a lot and be exposed to things that they haven't been exposed to before.
0: Now, the movement that you guys are promoting, and it's not exclusive to this Saturday, June 24th event. You guys have had open mats, and, and there's different uh, all women grappling or, or jujitsu events lately. So you are you two are kind of spearheading. A specific movement promoting female grapplers locally. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how the two of you specifically got involved with grappling?
4: Um, I started out wrestling in high school. Um, It was more of a kind of thing like uh, a lot of my guy friends were doing it, and they told me that I couldn't do it and that I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't survive a day. I wouldn't survive. Um, It went from I wouldn't survive a day to I wouldn't survive a week. And then I bet you won't make it through the season. So it was one of those things where I was like, "Hold on, no, I'm going to make it through this day. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through the whole season."
0: And what year of high school was that?
4: It was my senior year, actually. Okay. Um, I played soccer, and I actually had already committed to play soccer in college. Um, so when the soccer season ended, I completely. I was going after soccer practice to wrestling, so I was going doing both each day. Wow. Um, and then it kind of just after soccer season ended, it went straight into wrestling, and I just went. Head on. Um, I wrestled, I had to weigh 119 every week, so I had to cut a little bit of weight um, each week, and then I had to wrestle off because there was another guy on my team that weighed the same as me, and there's only one spot for that weight class. Um, so, a couple weeks, you know, I didn't get to wrestle. I had to sit on the sidelines because I didn't beat him always.
0: But there were some weeks you did.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, the guy was actually a first year wrestler just like me, so at that point we were kind of even. Um, I only won one match that entire season.
0: When a female beats a, a male in a, a jiu match or anything like that, we were all three at the uh, Midwest BJJ Nationals uh, tournament yesterday, and I don't know if you guys noticed, there was a gr- little girl who beat a boy, and the entire place just erupted.
4: Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and it's almost one of those things, too, where every every part of the season, the beginning, it was like, Danny – You just have to make it through the first period. Um, In high school wrestling, there's three periods. So um, at first it was just make it through the first period without getting pinned. That was the goal. Um, Or, you know, take a shot. Take a shot and try to take them down. Or it was don't get taken down. Just don't get taken down this period. Um, So we started with little goals, and I give my teammates a lot of credit because at first they were resistant to me, um, and then they almost embraced it, you know, like – If other people wanted to say things that were negative, because there was a lot of negativity around, like, you know, why is she doing that? Um, Why would they let a girl on the team? Why would they do that? And then they almost started taking up for me. So So you were
0: the only female.
4: Yeah, I was the only girl actually.
0: The entire time.
4: Uh, There was other girls that wrestled. I believe there was two or three the year that I wrestled that I knew in the state of Kentucky. In
0: the state of Kentucky.
4: Yeah, but at my high school, I was the first and only um, so far. Um, there hasn't been any after that me. W- that
0: was at Fern Creek High yeah,
4: School. Yeah, Fern Creek High School. Um, and actually the wrestling program there is pretty pretty legit. We're pretty strong. Um, they did win the state title, I think it was 2013. So, I mean, it's not a school that's bad at wrestling by any means. So it's pretty nice that I got to have some great instruction under people. You know, I got some great coaching from from really good guys in the area. Um, Coach Tishner, he, he coaches at Fern Creek, and he runs um, the – youth program there now, and he helped me a lot. And then um, John Walls, who um, was a big part of that program, um, he helped me a lot, and it kind of carried over into jiu-jitsu. Once I started jujitsu. jitsu Yeah, that's kind of a natural progression for a lot of high school yeah. wrestlers.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, there's not a lot of wrestling gyms yeah. for people after high school, so the, a natural progression in this day and age is to then pick up jiu-jitsu.
4: Exactly. Um, so it was... It was an easier transition for me than I think a lot of women to go into jujitsu because I was used to, I think one of the harder things for girls is having someone in your space and having someone in your bubble, like on top of you, you can't get them off. They're touching you. There's sweats on you.
0: Yeah. Um, A lot of times in jujitsu, you have people sweat and it drops like maybe right in your face or maybe like right in your mouth.
4: Yeah. In your eye, your mouth, everything. Um, so it was just one of those things where I already was comfortable with that, yes. and so getting other women used to that is one of the harder things. Um, so that I think the all women movement is kind of helpful for that too, because when you go to a gym, even at Gracie, we do have quite a few girls, but there's certain nights where I'm the only girl in class, sure. even though we do have other women. Um, so it's a good thing, um, you know, to have every four to six weeks I want to have a get together of women. I've hosted two open mats, and one wrestling, um, a women's wrestling day. Um, So all those things have been kind of successful, and we know we all train at different gyms. My goal um, for the women's movement is not to take girls from their gym because I understand, you know, people train at their gyms for a reason. They're close to their house, um, their kids train there, or, you know, They want to be affiliated with certain people that's completely fine I don't want to ruin people's relationships um, with their gym this is just to bring us together for one day that we can get some training in with other females because that's who we compete against so I think that's um that's the biggest thing is just to give us good training partners that are our size and our gender you know to just try it out because when we go to tournaments we're not competing against men we're competing against women so it is a different ball game, and if you don't ever get to go against women, it can be tough to step to that line and be facing a woman. And like, oh, I wonder how she's gonna, you know, you like you don't
0: really know a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, there's some you uncertainty. you only trained maybe against four or five yeah. uh, women at your gym.
4: Yep, and I will say that since I've been doing the open mats, now that I go to tournaments locally, I see other women that have been that I've trained with before. So it's nice because. Um, I've had times where my coach was busy coaching someone else and I didn't have really anybody to guide me in my matches and I've had women from our open mats sit there and coach me and give me some direction um, because we support each other now. We're friends. We consider each other really close friends. Um, we message back and forth about gear. How does that gi fit? Do you know how these gi's run, you know, um, for is sizes it, it, for women? Is
0: are more focus on fashion when it comes to geese, Not
4: fashion, I would That's say. That's a cute gi. Um,
0: <laughs> I like those colors.
4: <laughs> More of like the way that it fits, because okay. women's bodies are different than men, so they kind of say, yeah. yeah, they'll say, um, how does this gi fit, you know, do I need an A1, A2, um, how did this fit for you, um, so it that kind of relationship these relationships help a whole lot especially when traveling you know i can reach out to these girls and say hey have you ever been to colorado or illinois sure. have you been to these gyms like is there is there women that go there and you know they become your support system and i think that's that's really important because there's a community within the jujitsu community and we really need to acknowledge that um because that's where You know, all the stuff from different gyms, like guys sometimes (laughs) have a tendency to, you know, they have their cliques. And, like, that's our gym. We're against this gym. Yeah. But for the women, we have to reach out because even though there's other women in my school, I'm not the same size as them. So that doesn't help me much anyways. You know, I'm kind of bigger than the other girls at the school. So, yeah, there's another girl, but training with her is not benefiting me really because she's 110 pounds and I'm 145.
0: No, no question. Um, It's a very interesting movement, and I would say in 2017, the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a whole, not only in the state of Kentucky, because it is very prevalent within Kentucky, but across the country, seems to be growing exponentially. And for whatever reason, women in the grappling arts, which translates in my, for the sake of my point that I'm making here, translates over to the UFC, is something that, is very easy to digest, relatively, compared to other sports. For example, we saw Ronda Rousey um, rise to the absolute pinnacle of of attention with ESPN and the collective eyeballs of the sporting world for, uh, what was that, about a year? I mean, Steve, you... you yeah, but longer than that. It's a- She was... I mean, she was a big deal. And since then, there's other women who have also um, crossed that. And so I, I use... Obviously, MMA and jiu-jitsu are different sports, but the UFC was founded by Gracie, and I mean, it's a, a um, very closely connected world between jiu-jitsu and MMA. Jessica, we also have, uh, so Danny, thank you very much. Once again, that's Danny Harris wrestled at Fern Creek High School uh, here in Louisville. We are also joined in studio this morning by Jessica Rose. How are you this morning, Jessica?
10: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Great. We appreciate you coming in and the both of you supporting this uh, recent all-women, female uh, grappling. Not only this card, a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky coming up June 24th, which will have Kat Zingano and the Olympic bronze medalist, Randy no. Miller. <laughs> Randy Miller, sorry. Um, but the other open mats and everything. Jessica, how, how long have you been involved in Jiu-Jitsu and, and, and what brought you specifically to... Take that step and to get involved in the world of jiu-jitsu.
10: So my husband and I have twins, and they were in preschool having a little trouble keeping their hands to themselves, just like any other kid. And we thought, you know, they need to be in a martial arts program. We chose one where they would not be hitting and kicking. They would be learning self-defense skills. And we put them in that program at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky with Scott and Donna. We love it over there. Um, that was January. In April, they ran a promotion, and I was like, I was nervous. I was intimidated by the thought, I am going to put myself out there and give that a try.
0: So you just had absolutely no grappling. What kind of athletics did you do previously?
10: Um, well, high school, I was a cheerleader competition squad. Um, and then college went on to continue cheering.
0: So you had absolutely no grappling, and you oh, just at the the, no. the age. The most grappling of a I did ago.
10: was with my older brother. Okay,
0: <laughs> was that much? Uh,
10: no. <laughs>
0: so you, you, and your husband, who I obviously know very well, Patrick, yeah, um, started jujitsu. Did you start after your kids did?
10: We started after our boys did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it I, was. I
0: did the same thing actually. Is my 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 daughter and my son trained for like two and a half years before I ever got on the mat, but that's very cool. So th- you had. Had no grappling background and you got into it. So, so women of all different backgrounds are able to come together in an art that is, you're not avoiding contact by any stretch, but you're not, as you said, Jessica, you're not punching, you're not kicking. Right. You're not at risk of, of really just getting your ass
10: kicked. And you know, what drew me into training was, uh, I'm, I'm new here. I haven't lived here very long. Um, and we had moved up from Miami. We're from Alabama you know, you don't know an area, and you want to feel safe, so I thought, this is, this is a great way to get exercise, I will start doing this, and I'll feel like I've, I've learned how to protect myself when I go out, and just in case, you know, and then, the more I got to doing it, I love it, and yes, we, we roll with men all the time, yes, that's uncomfortable, but, you know, I'm like Danny, I'm a bigger woman, i but no other sport allows you to be bigger you never get complimented hey you're outgrowing your cheerleading skirt you need to lose some weight (laughs) no in jujitsu it's good to be heavy yeah you know so
0: very interesting it
10: really Mm -hmm. builds your self-confidence
0: for whatever reason and once again we all three as I said earlier train under professor Scott Smith at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky at one one four six one Blankenbaker Access Drive, over off Interstate sixty four, the Blankenbaker exit. For whatever reason, and that, that sounds like a very um, digestible rationale is women's tennis is something that people can get behind for some reason. W- WNBA hasn't really picked on picked up, right, Steve? No. Um, I don't know what sports do transcend genders other than in, I guess, golf, Annika, what was her name? Uh, Annika Sorenstam?
4: I think soccer's pretty big. Soccer's yeah, big. Soccer.
0: Okay, yeah. In, uh, I'm putting myself out there. You, <laughs> who, who who else, am, what what else am I leaving out? That actually gets into the general public eyeballs when you watch ESPN, that they have There's not a lot. substantial coverage. For whatever reason, grappling and MMA in turn, well, which... Jiu-jitsu is, in large part, uh, a lot of MMA. Yeah, I think It it transcends genders.
4: I think it's natural for everyone to want to see a fight. Yeah. (laughs) To be completely honest, I think it's something that, you know, even if you don't really like fighting, when when something goes down, it's like you don't want to look away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, you want to see what's going to happen. I think the women bring this... They bring this element of surprise because you'll see... Someone in their street clothes, and you know, see her in a dress and heels and makeup on, and then you know, you're like, Oh, you know, she's pretty. And and then you like Ronda Rousey, I mean, she's gorgeous, Misha yeah. Tate, she's gorgeous. And then you see them outside of the octagon, and they look amazing, you mm-hmm. know, phenomenal. And they're then in great
0: shape. Yeah, you I see mean. them
4: in the cage, and they're bloodied up, they're <laughs> getting punched in the face, getting kicked, they're tossing people around. Um, I just think there's some type of you know what kind of draws me keeps drawing me back in is like it feels really good to know that I can do other things with my body other than you know be sexy or be pretty like there's so much more being you can a woman. Defend yourself, if something yeah, happens, you I mean, being a woman, you really you get the bo- best Steve. of both
0: worlds. <laughs> yeah, you could probably beat Steven. <laughs> probably, I wouldn't go that far. No. So <laughs> we only have a couple minutes left here. Uh, so. Huh? Yeah. What's, what are we going do? We're going to wrestle,
1: right? We're, you guys are
0: going <laughs> to grapple right afterward in the parking lot on the concrete.
1: I have a question, though. What day is Kat um, yes. going to be so, there? Yes, so
0: we only have a couple minutes left. Okay. Of the more marketable stars I mentioned, it's a very yeah, marketable a sport. Name. UFC, uh, you know, you have Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate. Uh, some of the, the lighter uh-huh. weight classes are getting bigger now. But Cat Zingano is unique in that... She is a great personality and that there are a lot of uh, very sellable points to Kat. What is so special about Kat, and why should our listeners look into this seminar on Saturday, June 24th? And if interested, how can they get a hold of you?
4: Um, They can definitely reach me. You can look me up on Facebook um, and find the event, or you can go to the Gracie of Kentucky Facebook, and we have the event page posted on there. And it is a pre-register event, so the link on there to register and get your spot is on there. And we only have a limited amount of spots because we want this to be kind of personal. We want to get um, lessons from Kat and Randy um, to where it's very hands-on. Like, they can work with us individually. You know, I really want us to get a lot of attention. Um, I picked Kat to come because she's always been one of my favorite fighters. She has a spot with me because she's overcome, like, a lot of tragedy in her life, and she's She's overcome a lot, of, a lot of things that, you know, us women every day, you know, we go through problems like this, but it's nice to see somebody go through problems and still be there standing tall. Um, she, she has a son, and she was the first um, female to fight in the UFC that is a mother. Oh, um, wow. Obviously, oh. Michelle Watterson came later, but um, Kat was a mom, and she stepped in. She fought Misha Tate. She beat her. Um, before she fought um, Amanda Nunes, yeah, that was a big fight for her right before Ronda Rousey. She took that fight eight months after her husband passed away. Wow.
0: Um, so, very sorry to interrupt. We appreciate you guys coming in. I didn't manage time very well, so that's on me. I apologize. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Weekend Sports Bus. Check it out. Gracie Jiu Jitsu of Kentucky. Check out the seminar Saturday, June 24th. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. ladies. Thank
5: <laughs> Let me tell you, baby.